Welcome to 24 Cares. I'm Devin Owens-Teller, Leader of Operations and Analytics. And I'm Annalise Alamo, Cultural Transformation Leader. We're with Cares by KJE. We are a tech-enabled leadership development and strategy firm specializing in diversity, equity, and inclusion. We are continuing our conversation today with Mickey Woodard, talking all things women and girls in Texas and beyond. Thanks for joining us and welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm enjoying this, so thank yes. you. Yes, thanks for having, uh, coming back and being with us. So today we're gonna talk about uh, something we already touched on a little bit earlier in, in the previous series uh, about leadership roles uh, and women. Uh, so in 2021, women of color composed 13%, just 13% of C-suite roles, according to the latest study uh, by McKinsey and Lean Org. What trajectory do you think needs to be established to help women, especially women of color, promote into those senior management roles? You need to start by having women there. So it's a chicken and egg mm. type conversation um, because women in general tend to look back and say, I don't want to be the only. So how am I going to think about opening this door? But if there isn't one there, one of the things that we've talked about at the Texas Women's Foundation a lot lately is what is the role of men? We can't just talk to ourselves yes. about any of this. We may not be hiring each other. We may not be promoting each other. We may not be able the ones to green light a board position. So men need to know mm -hmm. what do we need and how to think about that and how to advocate for us. They're in rooms we're not in. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's going beyond just having a conversation with ourselves and really thinking about what's the role of men and what's the role of the sons that we're raising and not just the daughters. Yeah. How do you have those conversations with the men that maybe are not used to thinking like, well, what do we need or what else do we need? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we're talking about now. And I know one of the things that we have seen is in our Women's Leadership Institute, some of those sponsors are men. Mm -hmm. So when they're in the room and they're hearing about the coursework and the nine months and the training and the intensivity, intensiveness, um, that the person that they're sponsoring is going through, they start to think about it in a different way. Mm -hmm. I don't think it has to be a complicated conversation. I think the hardest thing to do is to start it. Yeah. Yes. Right? And to f find a way to be open and know this is a conversation that I'm interested in. And that's for men to really start to say, I'm interested in, I'm open to, and I want to have, and we're going to make some goals and, and create some change together. Are there certain skill sets that you see that is more focused when you're developing women into the leadership roles? For example, is I've heard this term before said to me in a previous organization and emphasized it. It's called executive presence. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like the, that you need to have executive presence. Well, what is that? Like, how do I develop that? Yeah. And right? how is it so not what are amorphous? Those, yeah. And what are those traits mm -hmm. that maybe that's the focus, right? When you're maybe you're a, a people leader, women, but then to elevate to the next level, you need a different set of skills. Mm -hmm. so. You absolutely do. And I think the challenging part is a lot of those are soft skills. Yes. Right? And it's, it's nuanced for every environment and every culture. And I think that to me is the first piece is to really understand the culture that you're in. Because the skill set that you bring from the last one may not fit in this one. And so it might be executive presence. It might be the ability to speak. It might just be the ability to learn and listen and guide. Um, it also, I think, is, for me, it's listening because I always want to assess who in the room do I need to know? And then, once I know that and kind of have put in my mind who I need to know, then how am I going to do that? 
Mm. How am I going to find the time to spend? And when I do, what are the conversations and things that I need out of that? I think it's being really specific. It's time blocking because a lot of us are multitasking. And so it's really thinking for every conversation, what do I need out of this to continue to move myself and then others forward? Yeah. And I think that internal, I have a lot of respect for, you know, leader, women leaders, especially in the higher, higher roles, because I think internally too, there's that, that struggle, like, okay, I got to appear this way, but I'm feeling this way. Mm -hmm. And so, but I got to appear confident and Mm -hmm. put together and all that, but Mm -hmm. you've got these internal things going on, your internal struggles, right. That, that are, could surface if you're not careful. Right. And I think that's where COVID was a mixed blessing. In that some people said it was easier because I didn't have to be on. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment in a way that I can interact over Zoom and then take care of myself in a different way. And that's the piece that I hope we don't lose. I do think that there's value to being together in rooms because as you're talking about filling leadership gaps, I do worry about the generations behind us and how they're going to see meetings and how they're going to be chosen to be in conversations that maybe they weren't scheduled to be in yeah and learn from that yeah that's so good such a good point so in our previous episodes we talked a little bit about policy and kind of what the texas women's foundation is doing to really drive that change can you talk a little bit about what policies you are enforcing to Mm -hmm. ensure equity for women there's a lot of them um you know what comes to mind first two things. One is insurance. Mm. One in five women in Texas is insured. Thank you. Is insured. Period. One in five. Right? So that's a really basic right in principle and thinking about, so where do you work? Are you working in a job that might be part-time so you don't have access to those types of benefits? And again, what are all those barriers to getting a different type of opportunity? But Texas follows pretty much every state in the nation when you talk about Medicaid and when you talk about access to health care. We have almost half the counties in this state that have no health care at all. They are medical deserts. Mm. And so it's really basic. It's not that complicated. I think you have to start with the safety of yourself, the health of yourself and your family. Yes before you're even able to really think about what is a career look like for me. So it's things like that, um, that we're looking at. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. Even thinking about the, what we were just talking about being strategic and intentional about Mm -hmm. how are we going to get to the next level and all of that. But if you're thinking about struggling with dealing with just livelihood mm-hmm. for yourself, your kids, your family, mm-hmm. your parents, mm-hmm. or your nieces, nephews, you know, d- depending on what your outlook looks like, being intentional and strategic about your career tra- tra- trajectory is going to be at the bottom of that list. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. 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 One in five. Yeah. One in I'm five. Blown away. Yeah. By we were that just talking one. to our previous guests in our previous podcast series about healthcare and inequities and yeah. such. And so now it's even expanding more on that inequity for, for, for women. Yeah. And then think about this we have 14 million women in the state, which sounds like a lot more than the total population of 46 states. So when you say one in five, that's a lot. Absolutely. Wow. And what we do here, I think, can be instructive for the country. Yeah. If we are able to tackle things and change things and provide solutions, 
then other states, I think, can follow. Yeah. I hope. Yes. What does that look like from a policy change? Like, how do you even influ- Like, how do you begin to influence something as big as that? So I am not completely the expert, but what we have done is hire mm. the expert, right? Mm. In finding someone to really look at advocacy, because I think a lot of these things again begin with conversations. Mm-hmm. Conversations with legislators to say, "Why haven't you? Why have you? How do you think about this? Is this something that we can implement? And if we can, how do we write it?" Mm-hmm. How do we draft it in a way that's really going to start to change that um, statistic yeah. in a viable way? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a big, big, uh, big thing to tackle. But yeah, very mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of the other deficiencies in our policies today um, that need to be corrected? So you were talking earlier about leadership and statistics, and I think about women of color that are sitting in my seat, right? So in the past ten years. Philanthropic giving has increased by 400%, which is right. Wonderful. We've got a lot of really um, generous uh, donors to us and other organizations and huge foundations that are out there. But for people like me that are in this seat, we have stayed the same in terms of how much funding we are getting, which is only 10% of what's out there. 10% of the 400%. Yep. It's very, very small. Wow. So to change our work and to change our impact and to change how many of women like me that are sitting in these chairs, Mm -hmm. we have to be able to get the funding that we need, not Mm -hmm. just to fight the fights, but to have the infrastructure that we need in these organizations to not be doing this Mm -hmm. on a shoestring budget, on a wing and a prayer, on hoping the next person will be able to be hired behind me. Mm. We um, were the truth tellers. And Mm -hmm. I think um, part of this is investing in that. Yeah. So what's kind of some pieces of advice or um, maybe golden nuggets that you can share with the other women that are sitting in the seat with you? Hmm. To, like you were saying, find community. Mm. Don't struggle alone. Mm. Don't um, feel the need to have a way that you're carrying yourself where your struggles are secret, right? We all know someone else that's doing similar work to us find them because i have found that often they're more than willing to sit together to collaborate to really think through what what are you facing and how can i help you so for me the first golden nugget is find a community Mm -hmm. the second is that elusive balance um i learned that in covid like how much more i got out of a life that was purposeful and meaningful in my work but was also connected to my faith and my family and all the other things that feed me. Mm-hmm. So balance can be elusive. I'm not great at it all the time. I know people watching that know me <laughs> and be like, what is she It's a toe. But yeah. you have to prioritize the, yes. the wanting, the needing, and the seeking yes. of it. So I would say those two things first. And then the third is, to your advocacy point, find your cheerleaders. Mm. You've got to have people that are going to speak up for you in the room when you're not there. Find your cheerleaders. Yeah. That's so good. That's golden, I think, for all of us. I know uh, us here in the leadership team, we always joke, we always try to keep each other accountable yes. on that uh, that balance piece and, and being advocates for each other. Um, it's a hard thing to do because mm-hmm. we're very driven. Mm-hmm. We want to get mm-hmm. things done. We have this vision. We want to conquer the world. Yeah. You do know, all the things. All the things, yes. And do them all well. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, and yeah. then at a, at a certain point, we're just we get tired mm -hmm. as as humans. Mm -hmm. uh, we get tired, and so having that community, absolutely having that purpose. Yeah. Uh, I'm very big, like I said, about purpose and leaving a legacy. Um, and when you're passionate about doing something that you love, especially in your career and your job, it's even more so the tendency to yeah. you know kind of work, work, work. Um, but you know, I love what you said about the the advocacy part, the building the community, and mm -hmm. and having those people that will reaffirm you. Yes, when you are down on yourself, because yeah. we'll all have days. We we have had 100%. recent days of yeah. like, oh, can I really do this? Mm -hmm. Right, and mm -hmm. that that backing is is fire. Yeah. yeah. And I think that to your point about around sitting in the chair and hmm. younger girls seeing you sit in the chair, I think it's also about seeing how you how you sit in the chair and how you yeah. navigate it, right? Yeah. And thus being transparent and open mm -hmm. around, you know, I can't give up my all in every area and mm -hmm. I'm okay with mm -hmm. that and I'm gonna give myself grace in this moment mm -hmm. and just being being open around the the um the how and how we're navigating or yep. how we're not navigating in the struggles, right? Um, I think that that can be empowering for young girls to see as well is that I don't have to be perfect and I don't have to have all the answers, mm -hmm. but I can still make it and can still be successful in that. Absolutely, you feel accessible and you feel authentic. Yes, that's that's what I strive for. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. I could go on and on and on, <laughs> but we'll wrap it up here. Um, thanks for tuning in um, to another wonderful episode with Mickey. Stay tuned for next week's episode. This is 24 Carries, where we help you live a 24-7 commitment, 365 days.